Hey everyone, welcome to Ask Me Anything. I am your host, Matt Love, um, and we have uh, a question today that I'm really excited to hear JD's answer to. But I also recognize that this is a really this is a really sensitive question for some people. Um, as you guys know, we're in a marriage and family series, and so we're trying to tackle some questions um, with Pastor JD that people are processing as spouses and parents. And so today, um, JD, the question is, what would you say to parents of wayward teens? So this is a little bit of a part two to what we did last time on Ask Me Anything. And this time I actually have the privilege of having Veronica join me because I got the end of that one last time and I thought, you know, I really need her here. Um, so this particular focus of this question is when you have a wayward teen, um, first thing I just want to say um, is a wandering child does not mean failure. It's, it's hard not to think that when you're in that situation because you feel like, you know, did I do something or not do something? Uh, one of the things I think that is really important to hold on to, Veronica and I have hold, held on to, is that um, God was a perfect parent, and the only two people he directly parented directly rebelled. Cain and Abel, they were, they were parented exactly the same, and one grew up to be a man of faith and one grew up to be a, a murderer. We, you know, we, we recognize that there is a— a, a dignity that God gives to every child that becomes an adult that really as a parent, you are not responsible for them. You're responsible to them that they could be raised perfectly, just like God was a perfect parent and they still walk away. So as much as you can, you have to say, yes, there are things you look back on and say, I wish we'd have done that differently, but, but ultimately their choices don't are not a result of your parenting, either good or bad. That's one of the things we've been learning, uh, Veronica, you and I, in this book, I referred to it last time called Feeding the Mouth That Bites You, talking about raising teens. And it's just been super helpful. You want to reflect on that? Yeah. Um, yeah, we've really, it's specifically specifically about parenting teens, and that's been really helpful to us. I think I actually got to it. It's a podcast as well. But anyway, um, his main uh, thing that he kind of, kind of the premise, he's a psychologist, is um, that he talks about is that teens after the age of 13 are primarily trying to the the psychologist term is individuate mm -hmm. basically like become their own person and so uh, a 13 14 15 16 year old is for example um being hard to get along with for very different reasons than maybe your seven or eight year old was and that's really important for us to know because we will handle it very differently a seven or eight year old is going to be handled very differently in every situation let's just say even something like, you know, not cleaning their room or something than like a 14 or 15 year old, you know, these, these, uh, these young adults uh, one time, and I think it was a podcast. He actually talked about, um, how you need to be thinking your way of interacting and coaching and trying to advise. Cause you know, obviously you're there for a reason is more like you would imagine if you had maybe a, you know, a distant cousin or something who was maybe a 24, 25 year old, he's just trying to give you a picture of something you could get your mind around who needed to move in with you for a while. Cause they were trying to get their life together or something. And if they were going awry in your home, like maybe they weren't cleaning that bathroom that they had or things like that, just as an example, how you would interact with them mm. should be closer to how you're interacting with your 15 year old, for example, on any number of things. Right. And that just gives you a little guideline. Um, he talks about how you need to spell out for them since they're trying to, again, individuate this psychologist term, um, how you should, you know, be approaching them 
like they are gradually gaining more freedoms, not because they have like done the right things and earned them per se, but because they are owed them as like a 15 year old, right, almost they're becoming adults. They're basically an adult ish, you know, I mean, loosely very soon will be right. And really are, I mean, he talks all about how in most cultures in the past at 15, they were adults and they ran their own homes and had babies and all these things, which of course is very different today. But his point is that's why, and you need to treat them as such, not again, because they have like done such a good job, but because they are worthy of it. They have you know, because at some point in the very near future, they are going to be yes. out. And so you- For good or bad, they and, will- and One of the, the analogies he used that was really helpful was it was like when Great Britain pulled back out of India, that they did it kind of province by province because the writing was on the wall. They were no longer- it That was, was a happen. sovereign nation. It was going to happen. So you could either do it in an orderly or disorderly way. And if they'd have waited until like the last moment and then pulled out all their troops in one fell swoop, which is what many parents of teenagers do, they wait until the very end and then all of a sudden you're off at college. With, you go from full restriction to zero restriction. So we talked about creating a freedoms list of places where you're pulling back and allowing your team to make decisions that you, you may, may not, not love. Right. You may not, I mean, it's, yeah. So, and you got to, you have some level of protecting them. Right. You know, you're keeping them, we always say, from detonating nuclear bombs in their lives and things that would cause long-term damage. So it's not like you're just throwing away any kind of control, mm -hmm. but you're recognizing this is an adult that God has made an adult. It's their job. God has created them to desire to individuate. That's part of the, that's part of growing up and they're doing that. And you as a parent have to learn to respect that and pull back. Yeah. The flip side is a kid can't really give his life to Christ until it's his to give. Right. That's right. And so you're actually stunting their growth if you don't. And yeah. so there's a lot more to that kind of like yeah. approach to parenting. <laughs> so, but anyway, that's just been really helpful that for those of you that are dealing with that, and Veronica and I have dealt with, you know, with our kids, just, you know, yes, sometimes making decisions we didn't want them to make and wanting to form um, a love for Jesus or love for the church that, you know, we, we couldn't seem to manufacture. We can't force it. We can't right. make it. Yeah. So, and, and, and that leads me to the next thing. When a kid is in rebellion, um, one of my, my good friends, just a couple years older than me, he just said, JD, you cannot be prophet and dad at the same time. He said, yes, you have to tell them the truth. He said, but, you know, think of the dad and the prodigal son story. Where was he? He was standing on the on the on the on the front with Looking his arms open. He wasn't, you know, chasing him through the far country, lecturing him every time. And remember, he said, he said, God has lots of prophets in the world, but that kid only has one dad. I would say, make sure you've done your best to surround them with people who can speak into their life. Yeah, so that's that right. is true. Like you do need to work when they're young to surround them with those people. But yeah, you there are other people who can fill that role and you get you um, pray them into a, mm -hmm. pray them into their lives mm -hmm. you know you just because you have to stop talking to your kid because maybe they're at college or maybe they're just not listening to you in high school doesn't mean that you can't be talking to god about them yeah uh, another analogy that again another slightly older friend shared with me is he said at that point at this point in your life when your kids are 15 16 years old you need to be thinking more like a a farmer and less like a mechanic he said a mechanic you know, it's how most parents think. You know, you hear a rattle. What's a mechanic do if he hears a rattle in the engine? Immediately pulls it over, opens the hood, looks. Starts poking around. Yes. It, what does a farmer do if the seed is not coming up the way he wants it to? Well, the worst thing to do is to dig out the seed. Because once you do that, then it's you're killing it. And he said, at this point, he said, J.D., you have planted the seed. Now, as a, a parent of a teenager, you got to make sure it gets sun and rain. You know, do your best on that. But... But but you cannot manufacture that seed growing. That's between the seed and the soil. Um, the parable of the sower, you know, when when the seed didn't come up, right? You know, the, the, the farmer didn't go out and throw the seed harder down at the soil. 
you know, you, you've got to pray for God to change the soil. It's ultimately between the seed and the soil. Uh, and that's waiting on God, which is uh, honestly for me and you, it's probably been one of the hardest things to learn to do is to say, God, there's some things that only you can do. And I've got to be a dad here, which is to be excited about my kid, create this you know, love and respect of how they're growing up and ownership. But only God can ultimately change their heart. And I'm responsible to them. But as a as they become an adult, I'm not responsible for them. Yeah, I think um, that's important uh, in that with a wayward teen to um, as you as you're waiting on God, doing your best to still in whatever way you can invest in that relationship mm -hmm. and protecting it and loving them well and asking God to help you to do that. Um, you know, that, that gets real interesting in certain situations. So I'm, I'm not pretending that like it's, you know, it's so easy, but um, I think it's worth your investment to, um, to think about that and how you can, what ways you can demonstrate your love and, you know, you know, your support for them as a person, you yeah. know? Yeah. Let me close with a little story that, um, that hopefully some of your parents will find encouraging. Um, I Psalm 136 is the psalmist telling the history of Israel. And he just goes through the highs and lows. And between every episode in their life, he puts a little phrase, the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. So I, I actually had our, our staff team here at Summit rewrite their lives. I said, just do the highs and lows of your life. And between every high and low, just put the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. So I started to do, to do that on my own because, you know, I was going to do it along with the staff. And I had the most incredible realization after I got done and read my my life history. The realization was this. Um, I have some incredible parents who were as good as I think parents could be. Not one of the major strategic spiritual moments in my life, not one did they engineer. I mean, they were always there as an influence, but all of these major shaping moments were God used other factors and you know, he brought them about and it made me realize that for my kids, it'll be the same. Mm -hmm. That yes, my, my parenting has a role. I'm creating an environment, but ultimately God has to be the one that is acting in the kid's life, which leads me to my most important role is to pray. Mm -hmm. And just to say, I mean, there's, I love these examples in the Bible of, of, you know, Abraham praying for Lot and the angel going in and literally grabbing Lot's hand in Sodom and dragging him out. I'm like, Lord, if that's my kids, you got to drag them out. And there's biblical precedence for you doing that. It's, 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 it's the, the crippled man's friends that are lowering him through the roof. In that story in Mark, it says that when Jesus saw their faith, the faith of the people lowering the man down, not his faith, but their faith, then he healed. And I'm like, Lord, maybe it's, that's me and Veronica. It's, it's, it's our faith that you're going to see and you're going to heal, um, heal our children because of our faith. So Anyway, I hope that's an encouragement. It's uh, it's it can be a lonely season as you go through, but um, never give up. That God cares more for your kids than you do, and He's invested more in them than you ever have. And um, if He has called you and He's faithful to you, which He is, then He promises that He will do good to your children and to your children's children, and that's a promise you can hold on to. Well, again, thank you so much for that wisdom and just fun to hear from Veronica as well. And again, I know this topic for a lot of people listening, it's going to be very personal. And so I hope this has been helpful in processing uh, how to handle a really tough situation like a child who is is wayward. So thank you, JD, for speaking into this. Guys, we're just so, th so thankful that you guys listen to this podcast. And I, I hear stories all the time of people hearing episodes and it just meeting them at a specific moment and giving them wisdom or a helpful way of thinking about something that impacts their lives. 
Um, and so we would just encourage you to subscribe, to rate and review this podcast because that's just going to be a really easy way to get it to other people. I mean, another way is just for you to practically, what's an episode that you've heard that you feel like would really benefit or bless somebody and just send it to them and say, hey, I think this could be helpful for you. Uh, that's, a, that's a great way to kind of share, spread the word about um, about this podcast. So if you rate and review it, that helps us get out there. And if you like the podcast, chances are some of your friends will like it as well. And so we would encourage you to do that. Um, but we can't wait to, to see you next time here on Ask Me Anything. Ask Me Anything.